0: Welcome to Creative On Purpose Live. These conversations are about flying higher and the difference only you can make. Endeavor better. It's time to be Creative On Purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Onward and Difference Maker Coach at Creative On Purpose and Akimba Workshops. You can visit creativeonpurpose.com to start doing better work by making better decisions this season, we're drawing insight and inspiration from guests who are successfully embracing uncertainty, navigating adversity, and making things better, doing work that matters. Let's meet today's guest. Jen Millius. so great to have you on the show. Please tell our viewers who you are, where in the world you are, and where can uh, what you're up to, and where can people go to, to learn more.
1: Well, thank you, Scott, so much for having me on the show. I am so excited to be here with you. My name is Jen Millius, and I am an author, I'm a coach, I'm a developmental editor, and you can find me locally in Virginia. The web is jennifermilius.com, and what that really means is that I love to write. I love to tell stories, I love to help people, I build people up with one book at a time. So whether you're a reader or a writer, books are powerful, words are powerful, and I like helping with that.
0: Fantastic. So tell us, um, let's dive a little bit more deeply into um, your work as a writer. I know that mm-hmm. you have a book out with a, or a series of books out uh, that have a very intriguing title. I'd love to, to learn a little bit more about that. But also, what are the things that you do to help other authors find their voice and tell better stories?
1: Well, one facet is uh, so developmental editing is when that person is helping the, ed- the writer tease out the story. So sometimes they're reading and they're they're basically offering a critique. So in some ways, they are taking the bird's eye view. They're taking a very big picture view and looking to see, okay, it, are there plot holes that we need to fill? Is the Are there character development things that we need to work on? Is the story, maybe it thinks it should start on page one, but really the story starts on page five and you need to adjust pieces. So they are... A partner with that writer, especially if it's in fiction, in that way, to help tell the story, so that as the reader is going on their journey, that it's the the pacing's right. You feel the build appropriately. You feel the the characters make sense, or they don't. And if they don't, they don't need to be there, type of thing. And when it's nonfiction, you're still taking your reader on a journey. You're just. It's a different type of journey. And a lot of times they might be that hero with you as they're going through it. So a developmental editor helps you to get that story out of your head and onto paper. Um, When you think of an editor, a lot of times you might think about uh, literally checking syntax and grammar and punctuation. And yes, I can do those things. But this big picture view is just, it's so much more fun to me because it unleashes a little bit more of that creativity going on. And when you get to see that writer's, joy come through because you see the aha and they go, oh my gosh, that's what I was that's what I was trying to communicate, or it really is coming across clearer. Or oh thanks for telling me now before I try to get that any further going. You know, it it helps because you really believe in that writer. So it's nice pairing that way if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well it's what's really fascinating about what you just shared to me is that we're all writers uh you know whether you're Mm -hmm. typing words on a page or writing them uh on on a piece of paper you know human beings are narrative creatures we make sense of the world ourselves each other our situation through narrative through storytelling Mm -hmm. and it sounds i also maintain that we're all coaches and what you do sounds a lot to me like coaching helping somebody Mm-hmm. identify where they are, where they want to be, what's getting in their way, usually themselves, and how to navigate ar- around through over or past, you know, whatever resistance, whatever block um, happens to to be in their way uh, in the moment. And I love just the, the kind of editing that you do, you know, we hear a lot about line editing and copy editing and all these other kinds of editing. Um, but developmental editing, is that what you... you yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's, it's basically like a heavy lifting and it's one of the first set of eyes you would put on a manuscript. So it's not necess- not every book might necessarily need it, but if the author feels like they've been struggling a little bit or maybe they, they know that they need some extra eyes and they want it earlier on, then it is a good time for, for doing that. I mean, sometimes you might think of a beta reader doing some of those pieces and a beta reader is someone who is reading the book for the author before it goes out and giving feedback. And you might get some feedback like that, but this type of editor can come into play a lot earlier. So they are helping you to build a better product up front. Mm -hmm. They're also someone who is gonna be a little bit more critical. So you wanna work with someone who you genuinely feel is gonna really have your back and that you feel like you can be vulnerable with because this is, when you're writing something like a book, any type of story, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, there's a the piece of you going out there and you want to feel safe, just like in a coaching space, you want to feel safe with the person that you're working with so that you can have that outcome that you want, that transformation that you want. And a lot of times a writer is creating a transformation for that, re- that reader, even if it's just for this time being, go visit this world, this fantasy world that I've created in these chapters. And then when you come out, you feel like, okay, I just got to have a mental release and an escape. And now I can get back to my day job or what have you. So it's really, however, that transformation is that you're creating.
0: Well, I totally agree with that. I mean, create any creative endeavor and most endeavors are creative. And again human beings creative beings in addition to being storytelling beings um creativity is about making change happen uh and and writers do that profoundly uh through storytelling the other thing that you touched on earlier that i also really like and i just want to highlight is you and i had a conversation on your podcast which i would love for you to to mention here in a, a second but um you know, as a nonfiction, primarily a nonfiction writer, um, I always think of the hero's journey as being like the template for my nonfiction books, because my books, I call them help others books because they're not really self-help books. But since there's not a help other section in the library, you have to put it somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I love that.
0: <laughs> but I'm trying to help a reader see themselves as a hero and to take them on this journey as a guide as a as a fellow traveler um and not to rely on me but to essentially coach myself out of a job through through storytelling Mm -hmm. um, to help them become the hero of their own journey and the agent of their own destiny and the change that i'm seeking to make You know which varies depending on the book um so tell us a little bit um about your your podcast as well
1: well thank you uh the podcast is called the tough fish show and uh it's really about helping other aspiring writers and authors to get their story out because the people who are being interviewed on this podcast are those who have written a book and they courageously got the idea out of their head and and onto paper and not just onto paper, but then turned it into a book and they have shared it and it's intended to create motivation, inspiration, get tips. Some of them have been marketing tips. Some have been business tips. Some have been just the, here's some ways to kind of overcome different pieces and it's different genres, different businesses. But Mm -hmm. the commonality is that each person took the time, had the idea and, the inspiration to go and tell their story or tell a story or write a book and whatever that book is, they did it and they want to get it shared. And it's another way to do that.
0: Yeah. It's a fantastic show. And I recommend that anybody viewing or listening to this broadcast, check out tough fish. I got to ask <laughs> where, where did you come up with tough fish as, as the name of your podcast? <laughs> There's gotta be a story there. Jen. The
1: story. <laughs> um, so kind of going back to that beta reader idea, I had been beta reading for a dear friend of mine. And whenever she would ask me to... Beta read. I would joke and say, you know what? I beta reader. That just sounds. I don't feel like that sounds like a fun name. I am your fish. A beta is a fish too. I like fish much better. I would like to be a fish. So I I need to be fed. I'm hungry. Send me over a chapter. Send me over the next several chapters. And it became a joke between us. But then, as I would continue to beta for her and for others, and still using that term my friend came back and said, You are one tough fish. You really you give me this (laughs) feedback in a way that really helps me to be a better writer. You help me to see other ways, but you help me to be a better writer. And it really touched me because my whole intention was for her to shine, for her book to to bring joy. But in this case sometimes there's a little bit of suspense in there, but there's still a thrill in there. And but to to give the reader something that they enjoyed whatever that type of enjoyment they were looking for and it just was an honor to be a part of that with her and it so it kind of (laughs) stuck and it makes me smile and it makes me laugh so it has to stay so
0: yeah well i mean and and again you know storytelling and um just from you know marketing is is one of the is a form of storytelling you can name your thing what it is You know the Plumbers Podcast. Okay, I know what that is, um, and I don't really care. Um, Or you can name your your thing something that makes people go, "Oh, that's interesting. What's that all about?" So Tough Fish obviously is a great. I think it's a really great juicy name because it makes me well tough. A tough fish podcast? Fish listen, <laughs> listen to podcasts? What, what makes a fish tough? I want to, you know, tell me more about that. So I just, I think that's brilliant. I think, uh, I, and it's a, yeah. again, a great show, tough fish with Jen Milius, uh, check it out on iTunes wherever you tune into, um, hear your podcast. So going back to your work, uh, as a developmental editor, mm-hmm. you've touched on this a little bit. Um, and I, I have a specific challenge I'd like to ask you about, but what what do you see as, if you had to name just like the number one challenge that most of your clients are trying to overcome, what is that number one challenge that a writer has that that you're helping them solve?
1: A lot of times I think it's just the fear of the unknown. I think that it's a fear of, is this enough? And am I enough? Am I the right person to tell this story? I can't tell you how many times I've been at book signings for my own books and having people come up to me and tell me about their story and then they would say, the business side scares me or "I'm the, no one really understands what I'm working on and I kind of feel like I'm just by myself out there or I'm writing this story and I'm not sure that I'm going to really be able to talk about it. But the underpinnings on all of that is fear. And to me... We're all here for a purpose. I think each one of us are here because we, we're we're a little different, as we should be, because if we were all the same, we'd be kind of boring. And to me, we're infinitely and wonderfully made. So there's each one of us has something very special to contribute. So if you have that story to tell, it is for you to tell, because no one has your perspective, your vision, your thoughts, your personality, your skill set the way you do you're going to share a message one way and you're going to connect with other people and you have no idea the ripple effect you're going to have you have no idea where your one story might touch someone else and you might not ever see it but you've made a positive impact you've you've made you've created purpose and you have been a difference maker because of that and i just that's the thing that I see a lot of is a form of imposter syndrome, whether or not it's is my writing good enough or can I get the idea out of my head and stop self-editing as I write versus just write and know it's going to be a crappy first draft and that's okay and just move on and come back to it and allow yourself the process of refining versus thinking it has to be perfect the first time or you have this and being scared of what's the next step. Look at it as enjoying the next step that you were courageous enough to get this started. See it through. You did this. Keep going.
0: Yeah. You touched on two themes that I think just, I think that this is essentially the problem that we all solve, whether you're coaching, coaching someone as a developmental editor, in my case, coaching somebody, helping them discover, develop and deliver some sort of meaningful work. Um, we are addressing anxiety. Sometimes we call it fear, sometimes we call it uh, imposter syndrome. sometimes we call it the resistance, sometimes we call it the lizard brain. you can you know the fight or flight instinct. you can you can call it whatever you want. It's just anxiety. Mm-hmm. And um, the and the thing the, the two things that I think are driving most of our decisions and most of our actions and most of our behaviors most of the time are you touched on these worthiness am i worthy do is what i have to say valuable do i really you know should i stand up to be seen speak up to be heard and then belonging like and they're so closely connected and it's just it's fascinating to me how again you're dealing with storytelling we are narrative creatures we we can tell we we can tell other people stories that help them get out of their head and get it out, out of their own way and to con- step boldly into their potential and most of the time we can't do that for ourselves we need somebody else to help us change our minds by changing the story that we're telling ourselves, one of the things I say in Onward is choose your story, choose your future. And the thing is, the choice is yours. You actually, it's simple, It's just not easy. This is why we need each other. This is why people, writers need you, and people that are doing meaningful work need people like me, and and on and on and on. So I just really, really love um, all that that you shared, and just that hopped out as me, because it's come up so much at the time in the past several weeks, especially in my work. Another thing that I would love for you to touch on. So I guess before I ask my next question, I we've mentioned your podcast, but you still haven't mentioned your your books, um, The Adventures of.
1: It's Einstein and Moo. Uh, the Einstein and Moo children's book series is based upon our two tuxedo kitties, their brother and sister, who will be 12 this year. And the inspiration came because when we adopted them, they were three and a half, uh, three and a half months old and they're just like little twins on the outside. They look very similar, but they're very different little personalities. Einstein would be, he is all interested in being in your face. He's very social. If you came over with a backpack or a purse, he'd stick his nose in it, steal a pencil, walk off, offer you a headbutt because hey, we're good. Mushu is more of my snuggle bug. She wants to be in your lap. She's a little bit more cautious. She thinks before she does a lot more where Einstein just goes and then realizes maybe that wasn't a good thing. and. They both bring joy. They both are amazing just as they are. They don't try to be something that they're not. And I think we could see a little bit more of that. I kind of think a lot of us are just oversized (laughs) six-year-olds. I think we all really are. And whether or not you're six or whether or not you're 60, you're still, there's the piece of you that wants to be seen, you want to be heard, you want to know you're adding value and that you matter. And when I see these kitties, that's exactly what I see. They own who they are. They don't try to be who they're not. And these stories reflect their love of curiosity and playing. So uh, they rhyme like Dr. Seuss. So they have the iambic pentameter to it. And there are six books in the series plus an activity book because I like to color. And so it came up because my illustrator would send over sketches that were amazing. And I'd start coloring them after approving them. And why not create an activity book because you like to color? And... uh, The other book that's coming out next month is nonfiction and a a leadership business book. It's personal Mm -hmm. development leadership business and it's called, you know, it's a verb, right? And it's uh, I was asked by my dear friend, uh, Dr. Wayne Applewhite to co-author this with him. And what an honor it was to be able to do that. He's an amazing human. It was such a fun experience and I can't wait for that to come out. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I saw um, we follow each other on Instagram and I saw really recently that that your your nonfiction book is coming out. I'm super excited about that. And I love I love your children's book series. We have two cats that are brothers, Miles and Pip. And yes, (laughs) they are very, very different. Uh, And at the same time, and you say we're all essentially six year, six, six year olds. My wife and I have decided that everybody's a four year old. Um, and that's in part because it was our favorite age um, when our boys were that age. Um, and my boys are still very much four year olds. I should, they don't watch the broad, they don't watch the broadcast. Uh, and they know I say that all the time. Anyways. Um, so with your work, I would love just because I think it's it's a it's a really instructive and inspiring and insightful for for other people that are are either doing meaningful work already or aspire to make a difference through some sort of endeavor that seeks to serve others. You know, th- that kind of thing is fraught. There's going it's meaningful because it's challenging. It's meaningful because you have to embrace and seek uncertainty and push through. Um, your anxieties and into your potential. Uh, And so mistakes will be made. That's just a a fact. Um, If you're willing to share, it doesn't have to be the biggest mistake or most embarrassing mistake you've ever made, but a mistake that you made along the way in your journey um, and either how you overcame it, how you flipped it into an opportunity or just what lesson you were able to derive from it that made you a better bigger, stronger, creative, uh, you know, continuing your journey.
1: Actually, I'd like to share two stories then with you. Uh, The first one was when I first draft, uh, wrote uh, Einstein and the Leaf. I actually wrote that in the middle of uh, a meeting at my corporate job. (laughs) So a little bored. And so I started writing that. And then I wish needed a book. So I wrote one for her and I didn't see it as a book until something was suggested to me like, hey, maybe these could be that. Well, there was a publisher down the street, literally down the street from me and I printed my two little sheets and I took them down and showed it to him and he put his glasses on and you know adjusted them and looked at the paper and he goes, you have wonderful iambic pentameter. I said, thank you. And he goes, you need to have illustrations. I said, thank you. And he said, I said, I was kind of hoping that that might be a conversation we could have. And he said, oh no, you're gonna want to have them, you know, done, get your family friend to do it. It's a little expensive, what have you. And I thought, "Hmm, soft no, good to know, thank you. And so I just was glad for that first experience because for one, I mean, it, it showed me he wasn't the right one. It showed me I would rather have the door close often and quickly and, and so I can keep moving because I believe that the closed door is just moving you to the yes. So when I look at the closed door as thank you, let's keep going, thank you for helping me to see where I need to keep going. I just saw it as more helping me with alignment, if you will. So it could have been frustrating, but it, it wasn't. It was one of those so that when my co-author, uh, Dr. Wayne Applewhite and I were pitching for our current book We kept seeing different rejections, different reasons. It wasn't fitting somebody's model or maybe they thought it wasn't going to fit in another way. No, No biggie. So for a while, it started to get to me. And then just... I decided, you know what, it's back to the closed doors. This is okay. It's moving us where we need to go. And so in my mind, I would kind of allow the song by Queen, Another One Bites the Dust, kind of like play in the background. So then I would send, when I would see the rejection before Wayne, I would send it to him going, "Dun dun dun, another one bites the dust. And then I probably was like, she's singing this now every time she's texting me. But I'm like, pretty much, because it became a way to help figure out, you know, this is how I can get my head around it. And I know that the story was put in our hearts for the right reason. And it was a joy to write. It was a joy to do. So I had to trust that the right timing was going to be there, the timing and the opportunity and all of it would come together. So that first experience helped me to have faith when it was getting frustrating for the current book, but it panned out just like it was supposed to.
0: Yeah. Well, what's, What's really interesting and instructive about that story to me is how often you know we've talked about fear and anxiety and, and impossible. it's a wayfinder. I mean, if you're if you're experiencing anxiety, you're doing something that's worth doing. If you're if you're if going in a certain direction makes you nervous, that's probably means that you're headed, headed somewhere that you're intended or, or should be going. Um, and if you're failing it's it's proof that you're trying uh and and that's the only way that you're going to get better i mean you know if we way that you were talking about writers being you know often perfectionist they want it to come they want they want complete perfect prose to just <laughs> spill out onto the page um and that can never happen it's just no. like how you know how did you become a walker did you like study and think about it and have some conversations right. about it and then stood up and took the first perfect step followed by the next. No, you, you wobble and you fall and you giggle and you, you know, you walk, do a lot of bad walking and until you eventually do some, some okay walking and then you get to eventually do some good walking pretty soon. You're doing it without even thinking about it. I think that's right. true of any, any, um, skill that we've developed whether it's making a sandwich or writing writing a novel uh it's you're gonna do it badly before you do it well yay (laughs) <laughs> means 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 that you're doing something that's actually worth doing. I love 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 that story. Um, was that, was that two stories wrapped in one, or did you have another another that was one?
1: Kind of two wrapped in one because the gotcha. one kind of helped to create the second story of Oh no, are you kidding me? That we're doing this. We keep getting all of these rejections because it did get to me. It really did get to me at one point, and I was like, I can't let this because I got to keep getting up and keep going. So well. Shift on the, other, the doors and keep it going.
0: <laughs> yeah. The other thing that's really instructive about your story is routines and relationships
1: mm-hmm.
0: really helped fuel you through the challenges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to be, I think, maybe you can speak to this. Like, what, how, What are the routines and relationships that you cultivate to enhance your experience and to continue to 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 level up in in your endeavors? Um, Because a lot of time, I find people surround themselves they're surrounding themselves with the wrong people, and you can't do the right work with the wrong people, and you can't do better work with people that are not worthy of the great work that you're doing. So what are the routines relationships that you um, have cultivated that help power you through challenges, but also keep leveling up in craft?
1: Well, for one, where we met inside uh, Pernod Business Club with uh, hosted by Tamsin Horton, that has definitely been a blessing in so many ways because it has been a way to not just learn a tool or better utilize a tool, Kajabi shout out there. But it's also that masterminding feeling of working together, helping each other to build each other up to say, hey, is this the right path? Or is this going to help you to get here? And then calling each other out if it seems like, hey, are you holding yourself back a little bit here? Are you just, you know, are you potentially doing something that's going to, uh, hold yourself back just simply because you're scared versus that it truly needs a little bit more work. Like uh, we've talked about the B plus versus saying, um, you know, instead of being a recovering valedictorian, it's okay to have a B minus and it's a solid B minus and know that you're going to keep refining and keep improving. And that's okay. So though that membership in and of itself, the relationships with inside have just been invaluable, just absolutely invaluable. And to have had some amazing team members so I think of my accountant as an amazing team member I love her to pieces she is a wonderful guide I look at people and their relationships like that like not just from a business standpoint but from a personal one so I think it's important to cultivate the relationships that are also bringing you up where you're doing that with them and they with you and you feel it. You can feel it on the inside when it's the right type of relationships and to trust that. And when mm-hmm. it's time, it's okay if a season ends and to be thankful for what was and then to be gracious and and to be graceful in that mm-hmm. transitioning season. And that's okay, too, when that happens.
0: Wow. All right. Well, that was just like a whole, a whole bunch of wisdom all dropped at once, but... <laughs> Yeah, so quick shout out to Tamsin and the Preneur um, Business Club because like you, I, I get a lot of value from those exchanges um, on the calls that I join and everybody's doing something really different And but yet the perspective that we are able to share with each other is always uh, very, very fresh and, and very, very unexpected and delightful because it, it's coming from s- Someone with a perspective that's completely outside of the domain that you're working in. So it's a, a really um, wonderful organization, and I love what you were saying about relationships. Your your relationships with customers, your relationships with coworkers or collaborators. These are not marriages. You know, you're not you're not swearing a blood oath to stay together forever. Um, and it's important to um, continue to reevaluate and to um refresh relationships and do that with kindness and empathy and grace and you know people should be onboarding into your life knowing where the entrances and the exits are and people should be able to come and go without hurt feelings and without feeling like um you know they're they were violated in any way shape or form um and you know we're all We're all on a journey, and sometimes we get to walk together, and other times we're going to walk with others, and that's okay. Well, as we're coming up to the end of our time together, I would um, just love for you to share uh, your response to the question that I always ask my guests at the end, which is, what is one tip or piece of advice that you'd leave listeners with to help them play Fly higher and the difference that they seek to make in the world.
1: To remember that there is only one you. There is only one you with your gifts, your talents, your personality, and your skill set, but there is only one you, which means you have to share that book or that course or that business. You are the person who was entrusted with that gift, and you are fully able to share it. And you should, because the world will be a much brighter place because you have followed that and you followed your heart.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. What a great way to wrap this up. Thanks, uh, everyone, for tuning in. Jen and I really appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. We hope that today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Jen Milius and her fantastic work at JenMilius.com. Be sure to check out Tough Fish Podcast and The Wild Adventures of Einstein and Moo, available on Amazon. It's always also, of course, great to see you at creativeonpurpose.com. And now we want to encourage you to go out, make the difference only you can make, keep flying higher in endeavors that matter. Jen Millios, thank you so much for all of the time and insight that you shared with us here today.
1: Thank you so, so much for having me. This has been a blast, Scott. I appreciate it.
0: Always a pleasure. Take care.